0: Hey podcast listeners, Mike Rappin, host of the I Read Comic Books podcast here. We're looking for feedback on our show, so if you haven't already taken it, please take a second and head over to our listener survey at ircb.us survey. With your feedback and help, we can make our show better and make it the best damn comic book podcast out there. So if you have a minute, head over to ircb.us survey. Now on the show. This is the I Read Comic Books Podcast. I am your host, Mike Rappin. With me this week are two amazing human beings. I love talking to them about comic books. Jeff Perry. Hello. And Kate Scotchless, Hello. I want to thank you both for joining me this week. I'm going to ask you the question that I ask every single week. And it's how have you been and how are comics? Kate, I'm going to kick it to you first.
1: I'm good and comics are good. Um, So last week I had six books in my poll which doesn't seem like anything when you're a Mike Rappin type that gets tons of books but I only have nine books I follow in single issue so that, okay. like two thirds of my entire poll came out last week Um, Which would make you think that next week is smaller, but next week it's the other three. So there you go. I planned (laughs) this well, didn't I? (laughs) So
0: you have, what, two weeks on, two weeks off then or something? That
1: was not the intention. Part of it that's gotten screwy is because of some double shipping titles. So
0: Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I got pretty confused and actually looked at this (laughs) stuff and I was like, oh, wait a minute. Um, but yeah, otherwise, yeah, I usually have one week a month that I get nothing, and I'm super sad. And then, but that's I'm like, the I'm week really, you buy trades and stuff, I'm right? I'm so fiscally responsible; I barely spend any money on comics. And then the next week comes, I'm like, oh crap. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. And that's the other thing too is the flip side of me only getting nine books in singles is that I read a whole bunch of books in trade, Right. and that is exactly when I buy those books. So. Um, Although my new shop does this cool thing where if you buy a trade the week that it comes out, uh, you get 30% off. So that has screwed up my plans. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, it doesn't make sense to wait, which is exactly why they do it. Yeah, it is. It's awesome. Um, Well, well,
0: Kate, I'm going to, what have you been reading lately then? If you, you had a big week last week. So what were the few books that you read? I or did. What were a few it, of them at least.
1: Yeah. So the three I've read so far, because I, <laughs> I until just now looking at what's coming out this week, I was like, I better pace this out because you know I'm gonna go through all my books at once here. Right. But anyway, um, so I read Faith number four, which was fun. I didn't think it was as strong as the first three, but then. You know, no, no issue is exactly as good as all that. You know, they're, whatever. My point is, it's still awesome. And I love it.
0: Yeah, like even even on like a quote unquote bad issue, it was actually still a really good issue. It was still
1: really fun and awesome. Yeah, there's a shout out to Faith is talking about how she misses the Star Wars EU. So you know, I had to screen cap that, send it to Nick White, and be like, "Look, the one you know Valiant book you're not reading, and it's all about your favorite topic to rave about." (laughs) You know, so (laughs) um, (laughs) and he's like, "What do you know?" Anyway, um, I also read Black Hammer number four which is an entirely different kind of really good. Um, yes. They're like polar opposites in tone. Um, but that cons- continues to be really an interesting and uh, smart book. And then Death of X number two, uh, the X-Men miniseries by Lemire and Charles, is it Schul? Soul. Soul, okay. Yeah, Charles and, Soul. And art by Aaron Co- okay. Cooter. Is that? Cooter, yeah. Okay, there we go. Thanks, Mike. <laughs>
0: We're going to get all the names right this week, I promise, This is everyone. the week.
1: This is the week it's going to happen. Um, yeah, and so I picked this up. Even though I had fallen off the Extraordinary X-Men bandwagon, I got hooked in by the promo stuff for this because yes I did want to know what big bad thing happened yes I, I really did yeah. I had to know and so I picked and I'm like it's a mini what's the worst that can happen and then I find out it double ships I'm like son of a gun
0: what's the um, worst that can happen you mean all the X-Men are gonna die because it's called <laughs> death of X and you want to cry forever I don't know maybe
1: <laughs> and, and the big question is how is Marvel gonna sell us on the Inhumans and it turns out the answer is they're gonna kill off the X-Men and not give you a choice yeah, um,
2: <laughs> welcome <laughs> but, to Marvel yeah
1: yeah yeah, it's it's a thing, but so far I'm liking it. And because of, after reading number one, I was like, I should go back and finish off the Extraordinary X-Men first arc, because I was only like two issues shy of finishing it. Okay. And there, then there was a comicsology sale where they were like 99 cents each for the two issues I missed. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. And then I finished it, and I'm like, now I remember why I dropped this. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm still reading the, I, I am liking the death of x more than i liked extraordinary x-men so you could tell me mike if it picked up after that first arc or not but
0: (sighs) well i mean uh, there's a lot of art really threw me humberto ramos's art is kind of jarring and i don't know the the characters they picked for that book are always were very strange to me I, i mean don't get me wrong i love storm i love magic i love the mystery that they've got going on with the story but it's kind of been up and down i think the second arc is better than the first arc but on the whole, it's kind of been a lackluster X-Men series, but I'm still reading it, and I'm still liking where they are now. I'm starting to like where they okay. are now. So Are they in the get, third arc? They're in the fourth arc,
1: I think. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. And it's all about a character that they introduced early on in the series, so it's it's kind of okay. cool. I don't know. If you happen to find a sale, maybe it'll be worth the read. But anyways, I don't know. Jeff, Jeff, what's what's up with you? How you been, man? How, how have comic books been for you?
2: Well, uh, you know, I could be better. I just got a notification that I'm getting laid off, so it's, it, it's, been, oh, it's been a little rough. But uh, it, it has allowed my insomnia to list, to uh, read some comics, and I decided to go with my... <laughs> oh, that's good, <laughs> well, I guess. Well, you know, I, well, I'm, all, I'm also sending my resume. I'm not just reading comics and just self-pitying. I'm, I mean, I'm doing what I have to to make it work, so, I mean, it's going to get better, but... You do uh,
0: whatever you have to to read comic books. I get it.
2: Yeah, no, that's exactly what I'm saying, yeah. So, I, I just... Decided to go more comedic route and and just read something that I can just sort of, uh, you know, not uh, invest a whole lot of my emotions in. Totally. I I went and uh, read issues one through six of Rick and Morty because apparently I... I'm a huge Rick and Morty fan, but apparently the fact that they made a comic series was under my radar for a while. And I guess issue 19 is coming out like next week or whatever. And I, yeah. I, yeah. I, like I started reading this like last week, uh, you know, I went through one through six, and, you know, binge read them pretty much. And the, the show is the show is a little bit better than the comic, but the comic is a really nice uh, buffer between the seasons and stuff, especially between season two and three, because uh, holy crap was uh, was season two and just such a cliffhanger for what's going to happen. So I've been waiting in suspense, but apparently the internet says it's going to be back in a few months. But until then, I'm going to continue to read the comic and uh, get some entertainment. Yeah, man, I'm really big this comic in book. Way.
0: It's it's probably one of the funnier books that I buy every week.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, there was... <laughs> you were telling me before we started, I guess, you, you started crying during episode... Or uh, issue four. Yeah, uh,
0: issue four has one of the funniest jokes I think I've ever read in a comic book. If only in the context of Rick and Morty that like makes it so funny, like that's that's what worked so well for me. Like hearing Rick say the things that he mm-hmm. said, it just left me on the floor laughing. I could not stop. I had to like get away from the comic and come back to it because it was just so damn funny. And every time I try to tell the story about this, no one gets it and no one thinks it's funny. <laughs> but in reading that issue, I was just dying. I loved it so much.
1: So for those of us with... Limited comic funds, would you guys recommend picking up Rick and Morty or Bob's Burgers? Which one is the better executed cartoon spinoff?
2: I have not read Bob's Burgers, but I will say Rick and Morty really keeps to their kind of uh, style and values, and and their their comedy is very they are on point compared to the show. So I wouldn't I I wouldn't say Bob, Bob's Burgers is lesser because I just haven't read it, but Rick and Morty is on point most of the time.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I would say I'm pretty biased towards Rick and Morty having not read the Bob's Burgers book, but Nick Nick White who's normally on, or who's on this show pretty often he actually I think he reads both of them and I I'd I'd love to hear his opinion on it so maybe maybe ask Nick that's pretty okay. much what it comes down to it's always just ask Nick his opinion <laughs> and if it's a marvel book you can just ignore otherwise he's probably got a very long-winded opinion about the book whatever you're asking him about It's
1: it's ask Nick but be prepared for a 20-minute valiant pitch Yes yes
2: <laughs> Yeah so Rick and Morty has been a really good way to escape Uh, from life lately. so uh, And sometimes
1: uh, that's exactly what you need. Exactly. I, I, with my health stuff um, this past year, have been doing a lot of that escapist mind mind candy or brain candy uh, Mm -hmm. type reading. Oh, yeah. Where I'm like, don't judge me. Am I reading a Star Wars book? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. (laughs) So (laughs) listen, it's important that we find out what happened to Rey before The Force Awakens. We need to know what she was up to.
2: Right. Yeah, so I was reading Brick and Morty, and I just really enjoyed the, the escapism of it and the things that... Uh, the art was okay. It wasn't the best art in the world, but it was actually really well well, well done, well made. But the writing of it is just superb. Uh, you know, Zach Gorman is probably one of the best writers to be on the comic right now, and uh, I, I think that he has the same kind of comedic timing, and, and uh, you know, if you could... If you could make Dan Harmon a comic book artist, I think Zach Gorman would be a really good one to have when it comes to Rick and Morty. For
0: me this week, I actually sat down and read quite a bit of comics, as always, or as normally regular, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but I did read a bunch. The ones that I did read that were pretty cool were uh, Black Widow number 7, Chris Samney, and Mark Wade. Do not stop with this book, and everything is awful, and there's just terrible things happening. People's hearts get broken. My heart gets broken, all to read a story about Natasha Romanoff. So I can't recommend this book enough. If you want a really good Black Widow series that isn't really tied to anything, this is the best one to read. I used to recommend that the Phil Noto, um, Neil Edmondson, or Nathan Edmondson book that came out before this. Um, but so far, this Black Widow series does a much better job, and it is so cinematic and so powerful. So much is told in this book without any actual dialogue that it blows my mind.
1: Yeah, I definitely like the writing of this one better. Uh, I still like the art of the uh, Noto series better, but
0: yeah. Uh, and sorry, go ahead, Jeff.
2: I, I I was gonna I was just gonna ask you guys. Now I've read Mark Wade as far as Daredevil series goes. I've read a lot of his stuff with that. How does that compare to his writing from the Daredevil series that he was doing to the to the uh, Scarlet? Or how does it compare?
0: So. The, th- the funny thing about this book is that Mark Wade isn't the actual – I don't think he's really writing this book so much as he's supervising it. He's letting Chris Samney draw and write the book, and he's kind of just there, I think, to clean up. Or at least that's what they've been saying since – at least said the first couple of issues in the back – um letters of the book so this is mostly just a Chris Samney book so if you like the art in some of that daredevil run like there was Paulo Rivera did some and Chris Samney did I think the latest run with Mark Wade before they switched over to this book you'll definitely dig this I think it's in the same vein it's taking a character that you kind of know and really fleshing them out in a very interesting way so I, I highly recommend this book I also read Archie number 13, which introduces Cheryl Blossom, which is a classic Archie character, and by the end of issue 13, all I could think of was, she's the worst. You're not supposed to like Veronica, <laughs> but she's worse than Veronica, and I want to see where this happy-go-lucky book goes next. I also read Reborn number one by Mark Miller and Greg Capullo. I don't remember if I talked about this last week on the show, but if you, I'm so mad that I'm reading this book, and I really liked it. Again, again, a Mark Miller book where, like Huck, where I picked it up and I went, ah, Mark Miller, and then it's pretty good. And this book is wild and insane. So, if you have a chance, read Reborn Number One. Greg Capullo's art is top notch, and the story is pretty unique. It's I won't spoil it. I don't want to spoil it for anybody. But if you like those, if you like just Greg Capullo, at least check out Number One because he he's doing his thing and it's fantastic. Uh, I also read Black Number 1 by, and I'm probably going to pronounce this wrong, Kwanzaa Savio? I'm awful, I don't know, and Tim Smith uh, with artist Jamal Ingle, and this is a book from Black Mask. It's about what if the only super-powered people in the world were black people, and the story goes from there. The covers are super in-your-face iconic, gonna definitely make you feel uncomfortable but in a good way to tell like to basically show you something very very important and yeah issue number one pretty straightforward story with some commentary some social commentary about race in the United States so if you're interested in a book like that it's got superheroics, it's got you know social commentary this is a really good book black mask I think as a publisher likes to really really push these boundaries that we have as sto- like in storytelling mediums such as comic books, they're doing things that Marvel and DC wish they could because they don't have a corporate overlord. They're trying to mm-hmm. do really powerful, well-written, well-designed, gorgeous books that are just well-crafted and at the like at the same caliber as far as I'm concerned as the big two, but without all the oversight and all the crazy editorial. So this is a fantastic book. Four kids walk into a bank. Um, Kim and Kim, I believe, is also them. The Forevers. They've got a lot of really good books um, being published. This is this a this is a publisher that kind of, as far as I know, came out of nowhere in the last year or two. So pick up these number ones because I think they're going to be really important. Really. I guess quote unquote valuable books if not just like culturally valuable books in the next couple of years Uh, but finally I finally 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 sat down and read Hip Hop Family Tree Volume 1 by Ed Pisker and oh my gosh is this book cool it is done in like a documentary cartoon style that only Ed Pisker can deliver this guy knows how to write he does his research he does everything right about this book and being a person that doesn't know much about the real origins of hip hop, only knowing little pieces of it, uh, this book really just blew my mind. It gets you, th- it's like 120 pages and it took me about an hour and a half to read because there's just so much information to digest as you read through it. I can't recommend this enough. I read it through Comicsology Unlimited because I have a subscription through that. And I'm probably going to continue reading the rest. I'll probably buy the rest of the volumes or maybe wait till the next one comes out on CU or something. But nonetheless, this book was amazing. And I I know it's been getting praises for a really, really long time. But, oh, man, if you want to see some really cool biographical comic books, this is by far the best I've ever read. So I'm really excited. I love it.
1: I feel like this book is on every list of what you should be reading kind of thing. Like, yes. Like the essential graphic novels and stuff like that. And I'm always like, oh, yeah, that's a thing I should read.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's it's really heavy. Like, don't get me wrong. Like I said, it took me a while to read this. And it that doesn't mean that's not a bad thing. But oh. it's like, it's one of those books that's kind of daunting to jump into because there's a couple volumes out and there's an ongoing series now through Fantagraphics. So sitting down to read this book is a serious endeavor and i i would challenge anyone to actually sit down and stop reading this because it's one of those books that keep (laughs) you like what's going to happen how does how does history actually get played out here and that that was exactly what i was i started at like one in the morning and like an idiot i had to read the entire thing and there's some backup stuff that's really cool i Ed Pisker, man, this guy, anything that he touches, I think, is solid gold. And this is just another proof of that. Um, the, another book that I started of his that I never haven't finished because I'm a loser is uh, his book called WYSIWYG, which is all about computer hacking, I believe, I really in the like late 80s, one. early 90s. And I've heard it's really good, so I, I've been meaning to actually sit down and finish it. So this guy, he's he's fantastic. Also follow him on Twitter because his Twitter is amazing.
1: WYSIWYG is like the Forrest Gump of computers and computer hacking. It's, oh, yeah? it's fun. Yeah, they literally take the one character WYSIWYG and have him be like th- a main revolving piece of all these points in computer and hacking history and go through the th- You know what I mean? Yeah, so, oh, that's
0: awesome. That's
2: fantastic.
1: Th- yeah, it's it's cool, especially for someone like me who didn't know much outside of seeing the movie Hackers way too many times. <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> Does he have a saying like, life is a box of chocolates? You know, something on the lines <laughs> no. of, of like, you know, mom always said a kilobit. I, I, I don't have a. I, have a I would say it'd be like mom
0: always said, what you see is what you get. And that's what WYSIWYG actually stands for, you guys. I mean, as a computer nerd, that's, WYSIWYG does stand for that. Um, let's move on, though. <laughs> Comic books come out on October 26th this week. Uh, let's talk about what you guys are excited for. I know there's a lot of books coming out. My pull list is humongous. Black Number 2 comes out, which I'm really excited about. But that's not my pick for this week. Let me kick it over to you, Jeff. What are you excited for this upcoming week?
2: Batman Beyond Number 1. And I'm hesitant, but I'm also excited. Um, I'm excited because I remember watching Batman Beyond as a kid. Yeah. Where it was just... um, It was just, it was really cool because it was this futuristic Batman. You know, I hadn't really heard of anybody doing that kind of thing before. You know, twelve year old me was just a huge fan of 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 that kind of thing. So I was just like, uh, you know, if it's half as good as you know, twelve year old me thought that show was, then I'll be in, I'll be pretty happy about it. But I'm also. I'm also hesitant because Dan Jurgens is the writer for it, and the reason I say that is because I don't really know much of Dan Jurgens' work because I I haven't been in the DC universe in quite some time. Uh, but with Rebirth, I was like, eh, I'll give it another shot. But he did do the New Fifty Two of Aquaman, and I've not, I haven't heard you know the best of things about that series as far as writing goes. But it had I, its know, ups and downs, from I, what I, I understand. Which is which is why I'm kind of hesitant because I'm afraid that Batman Beyond won't live up to the hype just because. You know I'm you know 24 now you know, and know, I'm not 12 anymore <laughs> yeah, so I, yeah 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 so that might be the case and then as well you know uh, with how Aquaman was during the new 52 series and and you know having mixed reviews I uh, I, I don't know how it's gonna go but it, it's it's well worth reading the first issue to me so I'm going to give it a shot and I'm, I'm gonna dive head first into this because I am excited about it
0: man as someone who never watched batman beyond your enthusiasm as a 12 year old <laughs> makes me excited yeah uh, no
2: i loved that show dude it was it was awesome like there were some really awesome twists and turns in that series like there was there was one there was one because it's based in like i forget the year it's like 20, it's in the future 77 right? yeah yeah it's okay. based in like like way in the future so like there's a, uh, but it's still based in gotham but like it's got this futuristic kind of thing but it's also really dark like his entire suit is black with a little bit of red so it's got this it's just it's yeah just, it's, it's interesting and, you know, there's like these twists and stuff to where you find out that, you know, you find out that uh, Terry McGinnis is actually a descendant of bruce wayne from some sort of some sort of way of of like his dna being imp- imprinted into him when he was born or something on his line what okay yeah okay. no it's crazy good <laughs> it's crazy it's crazy of like how they're going to be like you know that's that show is just really weird um in a good way uh and the uh, number one issue i guess is i guess it's kind of a continuation from the from the previous Batman Beyond series that was there but um, you know it starts off with you know it, 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 like the, the description is like is the original Joker back as well you know it, you know inspired by the possible return of the role model Jokers with a Z take over the entire section of Gotham City and you know they wreak havoc so it's gonna it's, oh yeah that's goodness. how issue okay. one this, this <laughs> is how issue one starts Mike so it's gonna hit the ground running <laughs> which is why I'm excited about it so I, I'm Buckle more excited up. yeah no <laughs> yeah. exactly it's gonna going to be like you know it's going to be an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie from 1980s it's going to hit hard <laughs> and it's going to be awesome. fun because it's based in the future so right, I'm right. excited about it
0: that's that's so cool that's I oh man okay see I saw that cover I've seen covers for this and then jock did the variant cover for all-star Batman number one mm-hmm. that had the the Batman Beyond like costume and I've seen that costume a million times over but okay that's this this is this is too cool uh, Kate, what are, what are you excited for this week?
1: I am both excited and super sad about Vision number 12, because this means uh, no more Vision, um, which is very sad, because it's a cruel, cruel world, where all <laughs> our favorite things uh, leave us, because Mockingbird is over as well now, so they're no, two of my favorite ongoings. Uh, at least Vision wasn't canceled because of awful uh, publisher crap, Um Vision was Tom King got a awesome deal handed to him by DC, and part of his contract negotiation was he was cool and said he was going to finish Vision right. uh, for Marvel, which thank you for that. And so at least that's less grumpy than the Mockingbird's uh, fiasco. But So this is the final issue. I've definitely talked about Vision a billion times on the show. Um, mm-hmm. So the super boiled down version is it's about Vision. He creates his own family, and then... It all goes horribly wrong. And now he is fighting with the Avengers. And so we have our final issue to resolve uh, what's going to happen here.
0: So, Vision, Vision created his whole family. One of his children is going to be in that upcoming champion series, or champions, I think, that started. Last week, if I'm not mistaken, right or two weeks ago, I don't remember. I know Brian right. said he was reading it. It, it was so last week. Viv Vision, yeah. So Viv Vision's going to be in this other book. So at least you'll have that. No,
1: no, no it was the week before. Anyway, yeah, yeah. And actually, I don't know that I was actually considering starting that series because of that. Um, and the, see, I keep having this thing where like I have multiple books that are on hiatus that are supposed to come back really soon, and so I'm like, should I add oh, yeah. stuff or shouldn't I? What but if I really dreaded... like it and then other things come back? And yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, you know how it goes. So, yeah, there's that. Um, she definitely wasn't my favorite character in the book. Oh, so okay. that, i So, mean, not that I dislike her as a character, but I mean, like, if the, I was going to pick a character to keep going, that wouldn't be it. Um, so, I don't know. And I think, too, part of it is just that the way he's written these characters is much more complex than they're usually written. Like, with, especially Vision himself, is usually pretty robotic, you know yeah yeah um where this goes and it's a really deep and intense book about what makes us human and what makes us individuals um and what counts as uh personal volition and it goes into a lot of issues of prejudice and people's fear of the unknown and fear of the powerful um and who should be trusted with you know that kind of power and is talk about like balancing rights versus safety of other people and you know personal mm-hmm. rights and stuff like that so it's it's definitely a a pretty heavy book um and the art is of course beyond gorgeous um i yeah. what could soothe soothe the burn not not fix it but soothe it is a hardcover omnibus pretty please <laughs> that is marvel make this happen
0: affordable <laughs> oh hardcover yes omnibus. exactly
1: that which that's too much to ask mike that will never I, happen okay, you know if it true. comes out it'll be like 75 dollars.
0: right right
1: but at least it'll exist and then someday i'll afford it (laughs) um but anyway that is that is what i am looking forward to and sad about how about you mike
0: well, I mean, before I jump into my pick, I did actually pick up the first eight or nine <gasps> issues of that. So Did you read it? Did you love my, it? I haven't read it yet. My thought okay. was I was going to wait for 12 to come out and then just sit down sometime binge it. and binge it all. So probably yeah. next weekend, I will just buy those last few issues that I need and then and just binge the entire run. Just because of your passion on this book and everything that I've heard online, particularly your convincing me of reading this book over <laughs> and over, <laughs> <like> <laughs> drilling it into my head if in this you, podcast. If you bash
1: my head over the head enough, with something he'll do it. He'll bow I'll, to that peer pressure. I
0: will eventually try it. I'm not gonna say that I will love it but I will try it so yeah I can at least say that. This but, book
1: does tend to make like every list of books you should be reading that you're not <laughs> which I think is funny yeah. that like me and like three other people are like this is amazing.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, but, yeah
1: yeah so
0: anyways so for me this week the thing that I'm most excited about despite my large pull list and like I said Black Number Two is coming out I think there's an Extraordinary X-Men there's a bunch of other stuff Seven to Eternity number two is coming out this week, and I'm so excited about this book. I don't even know how to contain myself in some ways, because the art in this book is the best thing that is happening in a lot of my comic books right now. I read a lot of beautiful books, but right now I think this is one of the most beautiful, or it is the one that I am so just overly excited for, because Jerome Opina's art is fantastic. Rick Remender managed to suck me into this book, and I just love... This crazy dystopian world that the book is based in. I know I talked about Seven to a Training number one a couple times already. I met I met Jerome O'Pina at, at NYCC and he was kind and he was such a fantastic individual. He couldn't believe how much I liked his art and I was like, are you kidding me? Uh, so I'm really excited to see where this book is going to go. Or issue number one ended on a very interesting cliffhanger. Usually books about we got to go meet the bad guy end with meeting the bad guy. And mm-hmm. issue number one, we meet the bad guy. So, where this book's going, I have no idea, and that's the kind of thing I love about comic books that are mysterious and are kind of just in-your-face insane, is that you never know what's going to happen, and I'm really, really excited about that. I don't like to predict my comic books as much as other people, and I I don't want to say, oh, this is going to follow the three-story act structure, blah, 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 because that's no fun. It kind of takes the fun out of reading comic books sometimes, And so for this book, I'm going in completely blind. I just want to just read the book. I don't want to see anything about it. I don't want to read interviews. I just want to absorb this comic like in the most pure form possible. So that's what I'm doing this week. Seven to Eternity, I'm so pumped about this book. I love it.
1: I came so close to impulse buying this at the shop when number one oh, came no. out because the cover is so beautiful and then I was flipping through it and I'm like oh this is gorgeous and looks really cool and then I saw there was buyer remender and I was like eh, I might wait for reviews to come out yeah so yeah.
0: well the oh man the the variant covers that they did for number one I almost bought three covers of this book like an idiot I only bought the <laughs> one I did only buy the one because there was the the regular cover then there was a variant cover by Opeña and then there was two other variants and I got the variant by Opeña, and it's it's the flute bad guy, <laughs> which makes no sense unless you've read the book. But there is a, a minion or semi-mid boss or whatever you want to call it. He plays a flute that commands all of these evil bad guys, and I think that's so cool. <laughs> like, in my head, I'm, I've, my d d nerd comes out and says, oh my gosh, he's just an evil bard, and that's, that's right. the coolest thing ever. So... I really want to you see more of Bards that guy. You
1: for girlfriends. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I just want to see more of the flute-playing demigod guy that's out there. So that's what I'm hoping to see more of in issue two.
1: <laughs> this is secretly the uh, writer's crusade to make Bard being a girlfriend class just disappear as a trope.
0: <laughs> Bard is such... An, oh, my gosh. Bard is <laughs> no, so... Not a girlfriend class. But whoever <laughs> no said way. that is an idiot. Quite honestly, bards are incredibly crucial and to, like they destroy D&D campaigns because they are the wild card all the yep. time. They're just... They're just people who have instruments who will either kill you or soothe your pain or, like, make you go crazy or warp you to another dimension with a beautiful song. It's uh, What is that? Like, that's not combat. That's not how you fight someone with a song. The creature's
1: attacking. No, it's not.
0: Yeah, it's like the creature's attacking. No, now the creature's our friend because I played him a cool riff on my guitar.
1: It's like, right. what is that even?
0: Or no, my clarinet came out and now everyone's asleep. You're like, what does that even mean? <laughs> D&D. Well, well, I could go on all day about this.
1: Nerd. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do you feel like your gaming habits are weighing you down? When we play Dungeons and Dragons, we're dragging books, maps, and minis and there's never enough room for awesome dimensional terrain. Mobilescape Adventures was founded exactly for this reason. They're creating portable, tabletop RPG terrain for games like D&D, Pathfinder, Warhammer, and many other systems. Take everything you need to, to tell a fantastic story in a folder or envelope. Mobilescape Adventures terrain is printed on a flat board that mounts vertically and adds a third dimension to your gaming. It sets up quickly and packs flat. They have trees, rocks, dungeon tiles, cottages, towers, and much, much more. See for yourself and check out Mobilescape Adventures on Kickstarter. Now, I know we've been talking about this Kickstarter for the last couple of weeks, but I think it's still really, really cool. I'm still backing it. It ends on October 27th, so I believe this is the last day, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, this is the last day that you can back it. So if you have a couple bucks, head over there, check the show notes for the link, and back this terrain system. It's really cool. I think it adds so much more to your D&D playing experience. So if you have a second, it's MobileScape Adventures on Kickstarter. There's a link in the show notes. Check it out. So this week's episode is a pretty straightforward topic. It's something we've touched on, I think, in the past. And it's something that usually comes up when we talk about buying comics in general, especially when it comes to buying comics in a physical sense. So the question I have for the both of you as comic book readers or fans of comic books in some capacity is what actually makes a good comic shop to you? Like, not nece- necessarily what makes a bad comic shop. It's actually what makes a good comic shop. What, what makes you, when you walk into a comic shop, say, I like this place, and I it will definitely come back here because I enjoyed my visit. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pitch this to you. Kate, we'll start with you. Like, What do you think makes a good comic shop? And we can just go from there.
1: Okay, so a few of the big things that I look for are organization. Um, I love when they just alphabetize by title instead of sorting by publisher because oh my that goodness. can get old real fast. Yeah. Yes. But really, as long as there's a logical scheme that I don't have to constantly ask someone where stuff is, that works. But I really prefer the alphabetical. But um, so well organized and not crammed together because there's nothing worse than trying to dig through a bin that has no available space left in it to, to you know, flip. Yeah, like to be um, able to
0: push the comics forward or back to try right, to see the Right, exactly,
1: cover. exactly. And then people do do it, and then everything's all bent and dinged. and um, Yeah. So, well-organized and spaced, and enough space between aisles so that you can, like, actually get in there and look at stuff and not feel like you're completely in everyone's way. and um, Adequate lighting, which you would think would be completely common sense for people trying to look at artwork. But apparently this is really confusing for some shops that uh, I've been to. <laughs> like, I think th- th- three off the top of my head come to mind that I'm like, why don't you just turn on some lights? This is so confusing. Yep. But anyway. Well, they, if, or um, it's a
0: question of like, is there, like, do they have some sort of like, like issue with their lighting system or if right. something's out or... I don't know like it's 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 kind of weird like when you walk into a shop and you see they've only got one light bulb above mm-hmm. like their big area of comics and it's <laughs> like it's a question of like what would it take to actually fix that. And I, I mean, I wonder if there's like some financial constraint or whatever. Yeah, but that even could then. be,
1: especially if you're renting. I get it, but, but if we're talking about a good shop, that's definitely on totally, the top of my list. Totally. It's organized sorry. and well lit.
0: Yeah, I immediately went back on the first thing that I said, so oh, it's <laughs> yeah, <funny. let's>, uh, <laughs> but you know, actually to get back to your point about organization, sorry, I meant to jump in, but I just let oh, you go keep ahead. going. I actually am really curious if there's anyone who is a comic book shop owner or works at a comic shop or has worked at a comic shop, I'd really like to know why you would sort not sort books by title. Like if you're sorting them by publisher, what's the actual reason behind it? I'm sure there's a good one. Like we say that I, I personally prefer alphabetical by title. Kate, I obviously you do. Jeff, you what are what are your thoughts on this? Uh,
2: you know, as, as long as it's alphabetical in some sort of instance, I'm okay with it. I would prefer it to be all of the you know publishers in one alphab- alph- alphabetical setup. But if it's alphabetical by publisher. You know, it's it's not the end of the world for me because I've, I've, yeah, come, I've okay. come to that point where I go to some so, shops and they have like Image Comics, Alphabetical, DC, Marvel. They're all in their own little That's quarters. my current
1: shop. Yep. It has its yeah. own sections. And I'm like, as long as it's logical, I'm not going to fuss. Mm-hmm. But ideally, all together would be great.
0: And we're and we're talking about probably like back issue as well as, you know, trades right. and stuff like that. Like if you've got those all laid out. I Personally, I prefer pure Alphabetical, no publisher sorting yep. at all because yep. I think... That if you're a comic book fan, or if you're if you're kind of even just you're new to comics, like you're not gonna know who's publishing what necessarily. You don't necessarily know that you know Bitch Planet is published by Image. You just know that it's called Bitch Planet, and if you have to search around and you're like, is it Marvel? Is it DC? Is it who's Boom? What is this Dark Horse thing? Like it could be a little confusing. So I I I am curious though to know why a comic shop would do that. Not not trying to knock it too bad. I just am wondering. If anybody out there knows, please let us know. Reach out to us through Twitter or email or something. It's all in the show notes.
2: I have a theory. Oh, really? Go ahead, Jeff. go for it. Inventory. You think? Absolutely. Because if they're able to do inventory by publisher, because, you know... Oh, yeah, that could be it. Because if that's the case and they know what publishers are selling well, they're able to sort of see in black and white what's going what's going fast and what they should probably, you know, pull the reins on. If they're right. if they're oh. seeing that like Marvel and stuff is selling well or, you know, like, you know, Justice League. We ran out of Justice League Justice League, you know three issues in a row we need to get more of those in and and instead and so they can sort of find out information about that um you can almost do
0: like an at a glance then
2: yeah at glance and then they can also be like all right well we have like 45 issues of aquaman let's get rid of these you know right okay something like that that's my theory you know i'd love to have you know either validated or proven wrong either way yeah
1: My that, that sounds very possible. I also have, for my current shop, the sneaking suspicion that it has to do with dragging people uh, to the back of the store the way you put in a grocery store milk at the very back.
2: Yeah, um, right. Because all the You're DC right.
1: and Marvel is the back wall and then you go past, like literally to get there, you have to walk past either all the trading cards that are for sale or all the other comics from all the other publishers that you might not actually have, you know, less people are picking those up or whatever. Um, and so it's a way to draw people farther into the store, but that it might just be a happy coincidence.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, I don't know. I, my, my thoughts on organized book, I, I don't really like separation by publisher. I already said that, but anyways, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. No, it's it's not perfect. It's not ideal. And sometimes you're like me, where you're just going in brain fried and you totally know in your heart that a book is DC, but you spend like ten minutes in the Marvel section, going, "How do they not have this?" And then, <laughs> and then you don't, you feel like an idiot when you or someone else points out that you've been staring at the wrong shelf for this whole time. Yeah, right. Um, but
0: that's when you would go ask a staff member, right? That's when you'd want to go and say, "Hey, where where do you put your Spider Gwen books?" or something like oh. that.
1: Oh, but Mike, that's that's uh, a little embarrassing for some of us. Sure, sure,
0: but to, but that but to put to the the next point, yeah. I'm, and I'm only looking at our notes here, saying this, but you know, uh, a friendly staff, having a staff that like greets you yep. when you walk in with a, in a pleasant manner, mm-hmm. that says, "Hey, if there's anything I can help you," but they're not like jumping down your throat and following you around the store trying to get in your face about trying to help you. Like that's super duper cool. And yes, and I I don't know, like I, every good comic shop that I can think of they have staff that even if i don't know them if I, even if i've never been there have been pleasant and they don't bother you they 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 try to help you or they're they're willing ready to help you they're not sitting around you know playing on their phone or anything like that they're like ready to help you get yeah. comics in your in your bag which is great
1: yeah, that are enthusiastic and the other big thing that you can win yourself into my heart so fast if you remember my name on Wednesday when I show up, like if I'm showing up every Wednesday for a year and you still are like treating me like a stranger, I get a little like, why? What did I do? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, but, that's that's like I a mean, whole
0: retail thing, right, where yeah. you run into if you, regular customers, but it's like, if you get so many people, like I like I go to Midtown every week. I don't expect. Oh them to know yeah, my that's name completely different. Half the time, like they're like, "Oh, you've been coming here for a year and a half." We don't remember if you have a pull list or not, and I have to tell them every yeah. week. But I can't blame them because I think they probably see ten thousand people a week.
1: exactly, exactly.
0: So I mean, it, you know, that can again, it's it's a nice to have. One of the exactly you know? <laughs> that
1: goes under my good list, not a have to have, but that's a good thing. That's a nice yeah. feeling. Also, when you don't have time to swing in and they saw you walking in and they've already pulled your books is super convenient. Um, Oh, see, that's
0: really nice. I I am envious of you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Come back to a small town.
1: That's right, Mike. Why'd you move to the 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 big city?
0: I don't know. I don't know.
1: Also, staff that gives you breathing room to browse um, at, like, your leisure and doesn't make you feel rushed. Maybe... Okay, so... Maybe this is just me, but when someone's asking if they can help me every three seconds, I get feeling really pressured, which I know maybe is not logical. And sometimes, frequently, it's even different staff people, so they don't realize someone already asked. But definitely, there's certain stores I go to where they always, always are on you about, "Can I help you with anything? What are you trying to find? Let me, you know, can I suggest anything?" And this and that, and I'm just like, "Oh, please stop." even though it's nice and so giving people space to look and not feeling like i have to and that's kind of also with the physical space if if it's laid out in a way that i don't feel like i'm in people's way and i'm not being you know poked at and i can approach people if i need help then i will end up spending so much more money because i spend too much time there and then i find new things and i'm like oh so and so talked about this and i heard about this on the podcast and one issue wouldn't break the budget right
0: Um. (laughs) two or three change wouldn't break the budget right yeah that's right that's right
1: um i
2: just won't eat for a week (laughs) yeah Yeah. it'll be fine it'll be fine eat my comics right yep
1: that's right um so yeah, ramen and comics pair beautifully, guys. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, oh, well, well,
0: you know, Jeff, you, and what about you? I know I'm not to like. I know Kate, you've got more to say, but I would you know I want know, to try fine. to mix this up a little bit. Yeah. Jeff, what for you? Like, what makes a good comic shop? Just off the you know off the bat,
2: well, there's two things. One, it has to smell nice. Uh, okay. No this mold. Absolutely. No, there's there's like three things that come to my mind when I say this. One. I there's a comic shop that I I I've I've gone to a few times and they have like they have comic shop cats, like the cats live there, which is cool. Oh, I don't mind. I don't Yeah, they have like they have like little kittens and cats and stuff that just hang out in the comics area and stuff, which is cool. <laughs>
0: what? That is what. That is the oh, most
1: beautiful it's idea maybe ever. cool. Yeah. What are we talking about hair and smell, wise <laughs> We're
2: talking. Okay. exactly my point okay. is that like you should vacuum once a day at the very least if you have a cat living there yeah. or hanging out. Sure. And, sure. and 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 shut the door where the where the litter box is. Don't let that scent pull in because yep. i've smelled i smelled cat piss in the back of that shop before and i'm just oh, like no i don't mm. want to and so i i and you know luckily it's not where like the milk is in the back so like i can go to the like the like as soon as you walk in and you look to your left you have a shelf of all the new issues so you're able mm-hmm. to sort of get away from that like all the silver Age and, and like you know five cent comics and stuff that they're just trying to get rid of is back there so luckily it's nothing that's You know, everybody's going over to, um, but the, you know, I'm a, I'm a very bigger I'm a big man I'm a big boy so I like to have where there's at least two <laughs> lanes of traffic uh, meaning that like if somebody's looking at a comic you can either go in front of and just say excuse me real quick or just go behind them while they look at comics and stuff because mm-hmm. right as 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 you know as a fat man myself I get self-conscious about being in small areas because I mean, there have been issues where I go into a small area and somebody's trying to get by me to go to the manga behind me or whatever and I'm just in the way and I feel like I'm I, you know uh, I feel like the boulder in Indiana Jones that people have to run away from. <laughs> oh, if it's any
1: reassurance, I feel that way, too. And like it's I don't think it has much to do with size as much as space. Like if it's a cramped space, you're just going to be in the way. Yeah,
2: exactly. There, you know, there, there's one comic shop that, that comes to mind where it's, it, you know, I have to walk sideways i have to crab walk basically like from from side to side just to get through until you get to the point where like all their lawn boxes and stuff are on the outside walls and they have tables that you can put the lawn box on and search through which is nice Mm -hmm. but the first half of that shop is so crammed with new issues and stuff that they just don't have room for because it's like it's in a plaza and so but yeah if they have good space that's another thing i i want um and good vibes uh you know kate and i were talking off mic that You know, there's a reason that I buy more digital comics than I do physical comics, and that's because it's very hard for me to feel, uh, you know, feel good vibes at some of the comic shops in my area. You know, one I go to, you know, they don't seem interested at all uh, to to really help me or, or do anything like. And then on the other side, it's on the other side of that spectrum at this other shop. And they are, you know, crazy fanatic people, which is awesome to see their, you know, enthusiasm for it. But at the same time, uh, they immediately jump, they, they pounce on you as soon as you walk in the door. How can, hi? How can I help you? Blah blah blah. And they don't. They either don't leave you alone, or they do. And then they see you looking at a specific comic, and they go into a rant of how it's either the worst comic in the world or the best comic in the world. And I'm just like, Oh no! Hey, hey man, yeah. I'm I'm just looking. I'm just so gonna- we're looking.
0: So we're talking about like enthusiasm, but in like the most positive way possible. That would be what good vibes are. Yes, I guess.
1: and that gives you room re- room to breathe. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. comes back to the not bugging you constantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's like yeah. the
2: obsessive boyfriend or girlfriend that decides to text <laughs> you 37 times <laughs> in a day, and oh, yep. nobody right, answers. Right. To, that's exactly what I'm talking about here. So oh, the man. the equivalent of that, you know, you don't want a uh, you know a stage five cleaner. You don't want that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> see oh, and, and so to go back on your bit about like smell and stuff like yeah that, i i actually don't think that a comic book should be like a fragrance store or anything like that no no that no it has no, like, no, a good no. smell but i think that it, it also shouldn't be necessarily like it shouldn't be bad but it shouldn't be like so good and i think the biggest thing is like i've walked into shops before and it smells like musty paper or it smells exactly. like, bad sign like dampness and that like One that's a bad sign because if your shows, yeah, if your if your shop is humid all the time, it means the books aren't being well taken care of, or maybe they're not all bagged and boarded. And it's like I understand maybe it's tough to get an air conditioner in like an old shop. Um, Like there's one in in particular in New York that I went to, huge selection, and of course we're in New York City. So the room is teeny tiny, you can only fit one person on each side of these long boxes that are in the center of the room, and that's just an understandable thing. However, on one of the hottest days of the summer, I went and visited this place because I was just walking around this specific area, and everything was just damp. Because it was so humid, and like every book I picked up, I could feel myself sticking to. And it's like, Mm -hmm. I, you know, we're not necessarily looking here to like get CGC graded comics off of the shelf or anything like that. And if you are, maybe this definitely isn't your shop. But you do want the books to be well taken care of. You don't want them sitting in a like a wall hanger where their books look like they're physically folding in half because it's too humid. Yeah, yeah, and it, it was like so disappointing to see all these books that were just poorly treated but it was the only shop in like you know 20 or 30 blocks or something so maybe it's the only place some people can get comics and yep. of course I don't have a pull there so maybe they bag and board their books in advance for people that actually regularly shop there and to me if you bag and board your books for people that are like <sighs> yes. on your pull list hundred to me I will spend so much money in your shop because Mm -hmm. you're saving me the the hassle of having to do that and then I don't have to buy bags and boards and you're not even charging me like and I'm thinking of one shop in particular uh, in Grand Rapids that does this and it blows my mind that they do it because they they never ask me and if you want them to stop they will but for me I'm like hell yeah I don't have to buy bags and boards anymore like this is awesome that's a you know 10 or 15 dollars that I can save that I can then just go buy another trade like that extra trade that I decided that I wanted to buy this week is no longer breaking the bank it's It's just barely hitting the the minimum. Um, so the the boat is not going to sink, which is great. Let me use like ten metaphors about this. Um, But I think that's super cool.
1: Yeah. That shop in Grand Rapids vault is the same is the one that I started. That was the first time I had a pole and I didn't know how precious that was until I moved because I've right. never not had <laughs> right. it. And they yeah. don't, to be clear, they don't just do that for your pool. They do it for all, for listeners. I know you know this, Mike, but they do that for all the books in the shop. So like everything on the shelves is already bagged and boarded. Right, right. And so it, you don't have to worry about someone having manhandled books if you're not getting it in the pull, you know, that kind of thing. And the other big thing for that is on the ride home, I get so worried about dinging corners, you know, with... The drive because I have kind of a bit of you know I was for quite a while I was driving thirty minutes to the shop and back I mean like each way and so I'm like get nervous about carrying in the car and stuff like that and so when they were already back and boarded that was awesome. Um.
0: See, and what was what's really nice about that, I forgot that they did that and that, that all their books on the shelves are like that. Mm-hmm. And I, one time I felt really weird like taking the book out of the bag and I was like, because I wanted to see the inside of it. And oh, no, they're totally, totally fine with that. Yeah. And they, I remember I was really hesitating with it. And one of the people that worked there was like, no, no, don't worry about it. Like it's on the shelf because someone didn't pull it. We don't touch right. those books after the pulls are done. So these books that are out on the shelf are no different than if they didn't have bags and boards, but we want to give you that. And I was like... You guys are the best. I love that show. I miss that shop so much. I'll just say
2: that. You should invest and make one in New York. (laughs)
0: Yeah, right. (laughs) Do it. Yeah, right.
1: They have one in Detroit now. And they have uh, one Jeff in
0: in Ann
2: Arbor.
1: Yeah, yeah. I go to the one in Ann Arbor when I'm there.
2: I'll just say this. I like my comics like I like my pizza. Not greasy and not soggy. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. See, and so, but outside of, like, the actual comics themselves, because, you know, we all have our own preferences, and, you know, on our show, we like to bag and board, despite our episode all about where Tia explained that we're wrong and that we shouldn't be doing this if we're trying to take care of art, but... Yeah, and point,
1: if you get a Nick White, he'll tell you all about how horrible that is and how much he hates it when they're on the shelf bag and boarded, because he right. can't meticulously look at every individual spine and this and that with that. It takes some more effort sure. to be... Uh, a little anal retentive, if we will. Although, on that note, being careful with your books is a big one because um, let's not ding all the corners forever when we're stocking them or hauling back. Because I don't know if my current yeah. shop has an issue with their supplier, like whoever's shipping it to them. A lot of the times
0: or, it is the supplier. Yeah,
1: but. or if it's their own shop people, but it'll be like, do you want an co- issue of this comic? Well, every single one on our, sh- on our shelves is all jacked up. So it's... Yeah, yeah. It's um, kind of
0: unfortunate, I mean, and that's kind of the the problem with buying physical comics in general yeah. is that they're just gonna be damaged in some way some sometimes they're gonna be damaged. There's nothing you can do about that.
1: I've noticed Marvel lately a bunch of their books have like spine misprinting stuff on them, which has been kind of funny, and then you shuffle through looking for the one that got printed properly
0: oh i've never, um, I haven't seen that,
1: yeah, it was on like their all their death of X books had issues with that, and then um. I think it was the Mockingbird books I was looking at had a bunch of them had weird. St- it's it's like a white on the spine where it it's didn't get print you know on the crease area kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know. It's it was funny and so I was like, hmm, huh.
0: that's weird. Um, but outside of the actual books themselves, um, I think that a good selection of paraphernalia is actually really cool. I uh, Like, there. some shops have, like, all sorts of, you know, toys and action yeah, figures yeah. and all that stuff. And I think that's super beneficial to a shop to not only just sell comic books, but to sell things that go along with the comics. Yeah. And I realize that some of that is really hard to stock because it takes up space and it probably doesn't move as quickly as comics. But I like that in a shop. It means that I can come here for more than one thing. Especially, you know, you get a lot of shops that double up on comics and gaming. That seems to be hand-in-hand, hand, like a comic yeah. and board game shop. Yep. That's really cool. And I don't think it's a necessity, but I do like just comic book paraphernalia in general like buttons and not necessarily trading cards but things of that nature where I'm not only buying comics but I'm buying other cool things that go along with my nerddom but uh, the counterbalance to that is like if you are a gaming shop put your gaming stuff somewhere else other than the front of your store I've been to like not I've been to multiple shops where they put all their gaming stuff when you walk in right at the front of their store and then immediately after that is like tables where people are playing. And if you've never been to a shop like that before, it's kind of jarring because as soon as you walk in, everyone hears the door and they all look at you. And then Mm -hmm. you're like stared down for a minute and then you have to go past them to get to the comics. And because the milk's in the back, like you said, you have to walk through this whole shop and there may be eyes on you the entire time. yeah, And that's incredibly uncomfortable. So I think like if you're gonna do that, like I think that that establishes a really good, like, I guess like sense of community where you can get your comics and maybe go there and read or get your comics and play games but there are some shops that I've seen that do that and they put their gaming like tables and stuff in the back of their shop or in another room that's attached to their shop if they have the room and that makes things a little bit more comfortable knowing that it's there but it's not in your face you know? Yeah,
1: I would also say the shop I go to is a pretty open floor plan, so like their tables are a certain section, but it's all like one big kind of echoey room. Don't schedule your loud tournament thing for Wednesday. Do literally any other day than when all the comic people are there trying to right, find yourself. Yeah. You know, like it's just let's let's space this out a bit and like. Um, but I agree. I I like one stop nerd shopping too. I will say that I don't think I have ever once purchased paraphernalia type stuff other than comic like toys and statues and stuff like that from the staffs, but it gives it flavor and I do eyeball them all the time I just well you know. and then
0: then there are people that walk in and they're not even interested in the comics but they want to get a Batman statue or, or something right, like exactly. that or you see a toy that like is probably it may be hard to get or it just mm-hmm. is, exists and you didn't know and you're like oh I could get this for for me for instance for my nephew I would say that's a really cool thing now I can buy it here I don't have to buy it on Amazon or something yep. like that and you're and you're
2: supporting a shop I use the same nephew excuse for myself
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's right My secret nephew No no lives he's, in he's, my like, heart. he's like nine He's
2: a huge Batman fan You know He doesn't have A whole wall Dedicated to Batman In his one bedroom apartment Or anything It's not the case at all He doesn't have a shelf Full of Batman stuff You know yeah, He's just nine He totally nine doesn't he have A picture
0: on Twitter About it, it or anything Right sure.
2: Yeah exactly Yeah No he has not He doesn't even know What Twitter is It's fine Yeah he's nine years old And he wants this Ninety five dollar <laughs> Realistic Full size You know Batman statue Yeah
1: Oh dear. Yep.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly.
1: Um, I will say, oh my god, the the dice at the checkout counter, you know when they put them in the open trays that you kind of oh, sit, man. sort through. Oh my, I, impulse buy. It's like the candy counter. It's like, "Oh, yeah. look at
0: this one." Like, "I'll get a cherry Jolly Rancher or no, I'll actually get a couple D20s and a D8. Why That's not?" That's right. Cuz D&D need nerds. More?
2: Yeah.
0: Or other tabletop gamers. It's not just D&D, but
1: Yeah. But
0: let's
2: be yeah, let's I face mean, it, D&D is probably the best tabletop game there is.
0: I, hey, dude, those I are some fighting words, man. Yeah. I think you get a lot of people that would disagree with you there. All right, Xander, cut uh, that out. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, but- Suddenly, the feed is all hate. Hates yeah. the Pathfinder yeah. for life,
0: <laughs> but it's 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 really good though. I think that it like encourages that not or encourages you to branch out and not just do read comics or be invested in in comic stuff. It's saying like this is a place of general acceptance of all these different nerdy things. Like, that's right. I've been to sh- stores that have entire Doctor Who sections, and they have the Doctor Who comics. But on top of that, you know, they get Tardis little Tardis oh, wow. figures and Doctor Who action figures and all the little plushies and all that stuff that are associated with it. And I think that's cool. To Say, look, there's comics, but there's also this other nerd thing that's that's also very important in this community. Yeah, it's all about building cool. a sense of community, you know.
1: Yeah, and when there's other stuff, you can bring your uh, non-comic friends, and they'll. I'm like, listen, Jason, there's magic cards. Magic cards? Yeah. Here we go. We're off. We're done. Yeah, this exactly. is happening. Uh, exactly. If there's
2: anything that's not heroin but has the same effects of heroin, it's magic cards. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty so true. Much.
1: <laughs>
0: But yeah, the, I mean, there, there are a lot of things that that make up a good comic shop, and I think that like, you know, we we could sit, sit here all day and nitpick all the things that annoy us. But like, if you look at this and you and you think mm-hmm. about it, like, the basics are you have a good selection of books. You know, don't cramp the don't cram them in. You know, give me room to breathe. Like, I think these are all great things. It's like. Mm-hmm you know where do these comic shops exist if you I mean I'm gonna just for the listeners if you know of a comic shop like this you should you know make sure that they know that you love them shout shout out to them on Twitter or Facebook or whatever you need to let us know we'll post a list if we get enough responses or something like that but that's I mean it's it's hard I think like good comic shops are becoming more and more of a regular thing and I think it's important for us to encourage that kind of stuff.
1: I would add one thing to our list before we go: sure. is um, being reliable with your pull. If you're messing up my poll every other week, it's over. Um, yeah, yeah, and that yeah. that is pretty like just a, a reliable computer system and employees who know how to work it. And sometimes I think what happens is you get a lot of ter- employee turnover, and that's where sure. I've seen issues with it more. Right. Um, but yeah, so that would be the other big thing: is consistently doing the poll correctly.
0: <laughs> well, and, and along those lines, do you guys do you guys require like an up to date website and things like that where you can do some pre-shopping online because I'm not really part I'm not even biased towards either one but like some shops I know have really really awesome websites that give you up-to-date stock about where like if you're going to a shop uh, if you're going to their shop sometimes they'll have like up-to-date stock information about what action figures and what paraphernalia they have as well as if some books are still in stock and things like that is that something you guys look into because I find that it's just like I don't care. I'm gonna go into a shop or whatever. But Same. I know that those types of things exist, and I know I some people even really know it love existed. them. Yeah. Oh, okay. I okay. I do
1: all of my checking what's out and not on pull list uh, Comixology's pull list site, and then, uh, yeah. I th- I think the sh- my shop has a s- website made in the earlier mid '90s. Mine too. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's, okay. It's it's pretty. Uh, yeah. It exists. It has the phone number. So yeah, it was. <laughs> like, befo- right. It
2: was before Wissy wig was a thing
0: yeah oh tying it back i see what you did that's way to go jeff i am uh I'm so proud of you. This you. And is that's you. a wrap.
2: No, 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 no. I have one more thing I want to say. Um, yeah. When it comes to, you know, if you see something that is in your comic shop that you're not a big fan of or you feel it could be improved, most comic shops, in fact, I would say uh, probably every comic shop that you walk into is owned by a business owner that's not a corporate-owned kind of thing. Yeah. And if oh, you, yeah. If you be like, hey, guys, you know, I really like your selection here, you know, but if you could improve the lighting or, you know, please close the door where the cat is shitting and pissing every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, just the small things like if you if, like if you just, you know, politely say, hey, you know, this is something that I'd like you guys to do more of. You know, I'd be happy. I'd be happier if you guys did this or, you know, offer them ways to improve because they might not even know about it that you're kind of that is something that's kind of putting you off at the shop if they want to improve, totally. So tell them nicely. Don't be a dick about it. But but tell
0: yeah, them. dude oh yeah th- th- thank you for saying that Jeff I didn't even think to round it off like that cuz that's actually that's actually a fantastic point I think the majority of these business owners are going to be people that say you are actually going to be happy that you come to them especially if you're not going to be a dick about it if you politely say hey this is bothering me like yeah, that's politely that's awesome and
1: privately don't don't be the person who fo- pa- post something about it on f- their public Facebook page like no you can message people or you can talk to them directly but
0: yeah you know at the end of the day, like if you're a regular customer, like you should you should feel okay doing that, or hopefully you right. do, and if you don't, try to message them privately, I guess. Something. <laughs> but if, yeah. of course, remember the human. That's like the internet yeah. thing. Remember Public the human claiming
1: is not the yeah, thing.
0: Exactly, exactly. Thanks for listening to the I Read Comic Books Podcast. The show is produced and hosted by Mike Rappin, with editing by Xander Riggs. The music in this episode is brought to you by Infinity Shred. You can find Infinity Shred at infinityshred.com, as well as on Bandcamp at infinityshred.bandcamp.com. If you enjoy this show, tell someone about it. Rate us online. Write to us. Each person you tell about the show and with each rating gives us a little more exposure and helps grow the show. It's also a great way for us to get feedback about the program we create each week for you. Another great way to give us feedback is to take a minute or two and fill out our listener survey at ircb.us/.survey. Besides answering some questions about the show, we also ask some questions about what comics you're reading and which creators are currently your favorite. Or, if you're just looking to say hi, you can email us at ircb.destroytheside.org, where you can tell us what you think makes a great comic shop. You can also ask us questions and comment on each episode at our subreddit at ireadcomicbooks.reddit.com. The entire podcast team is on Twitter, and you can follow the show at IRCBpodcast. But a great way to experience the podcast, including our back-issue bin of episodes and our weekly pull-list posting, is to visit us at our website at ircb.us. Until next time, from all of us here at the podcast, thank you for listening.
1: I'll be real honest. I very rarely go search for stuff. It's usually Nick White sending me a link and message. You're going, did you see this is on sale? I know. Oh, gosh, shit. God Nick, damn it, Nick. You, see, can't, Nick you need to stop insta- telling me. He'll <laughs> send
0: me an instant message and he'll be like, hey, Rappy, did you see you guys put this on sale? And I'm like, <laughs> What? Like he gets like uh, he sounds like a guy out of like a nineteen like he's like on the
1: back court street alley like yeah like the and kids. I walk like <laughs> he sends me an instant some.
0: message he sends me an instant message like like a guy who's sitting in an alleyway smoking <laughs> a cigarette or no he's not smoking a cigarette he's picking his teeth with a toothpick that's and I right walk, and then the door opens and I walk out and I light a cigarette with my fedora because I'm the detective in this story and he's got a newsy hat on <laughs> and he's like hey Rappy do you see what you guys put on sale just earlier today huh? just went on sale why'd you put it on sale like that and it's like and i and i go you know nick i have no control over that i just work here he's like well you know i think you guys is doing a problem and i you know i'm not gonna spend my money if you're gonna keep doing it like this where's the bundle huh where's the bundle and i
2: (laughs) show me the bundle like that is
0: seriously nick and I'm like, I'm like Nick. You know, I have no control. He's like, he's like, yeah, maybe I know that you don't have control, but maybe you get the word up to the man who does have control. You know what I'm saying? I'm like,
1: you share a bathroom.
0: That's oh, yeah, exactly. That's oh, like, he's like, yeah, you guys share a bath. I know I seen you up there. I know you work there. I know you. I know you're up there talking to these people all day. And yet, the sales don't get any better. What's up with that? Like, and that's that's oh, my that's my back and forth with for Nick.
2: Oh yep. my god please write a 10-minute short audio uh, radio play <laughs> of, of this, this fucking thing because I want this to be a thing now.
1: <laughs> the, flip, the flip side is, remember that uh, Valiant series that you politely commented back when i sent you rambling things about that made me think you were super <laughs> interested in it and so now it's on sale and you you can pick up the entire 150 issue run aren't you lucky look at that yeah, they- like, oh boy <laughs> i am not even a little interested in bloodshot but here we go like, you
0: know you said some real good things about my friend bloodshot so let me uh, <laughs> let me tell you he's selling all his books right now and i think That's you should right. go buy some like that's Nick now. That's Nick's oh, voice now in my head. Maybe <laughs>
1: next time.
0: <laughs> like you sure? Because uh, you know uh, this uh, here crowbar says differently. You're gonna buy it's, him, right? It's, like <laughs> it's
1: twenty cents an issue. You can't beat that. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. You know they put it in a oh. bundle just for you. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> Nick's all about the bundles because you get the most savings with the bundle, but like
1: and he always (laughs) breaks it down with how much it is by issue to to explain this is why you can't pass this up. I'm like, I know, but I I still don't have sixty bucks. I I don't care how good of a deal it is. I feel
2: like he has like two desktop monitors with nothing but Excel spreadsheets just documenting trying to figure out if you you know what though? If
0: you see Nick's if you see Nick's computer, it is one of those nine inch Acer computers. Like he does all of his computing on it. It's wild. Anyways
2: how do you function on, Like that's an iPad Nick
0: we love you I, Xander if this becomes part of the end of the podcast I just want Nick to know <laughs> That we love him so much yes. And I only joke because Because like I know that he understands That he does this because he does make meta jokes About this all the time He's like you know Mike you know what I'm going to say to you right now I'm going to say why isn't there a bundle <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> He's like and I know what you're going to say Like he'll do the whole conversation for me If, if, if I leave him to it